Welcome to the Arrest All Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Welcome to part two of the DNAD special episode of Arrest All Mimics. This is the original thinking and creative innovation podcast. My name is Ben Talon, your host. I'm uh, just hovering around in the press area. Um, if you listened to part one with DNAD President Andy Sanders, uh, how good was that? Really, really, really good. And I'm going to be carrying on the momentum today and cornering as many interesting people as I can. And Tim Lindsay looks like he might be a bit quiet at the minute on his laptop. No one's really bothering him. So, unfortunately for Tim, I'm going to break that down and go and see if he can kindly give me five minutes to chat. Um, Tim Lindsay is the uh, sorry, the CEO of uh, DNAD. So, a re- you know, a really important man right up there uh, on a par with Andy Sandals. More of a permanent fixture. Tim's obviously permanent staff, whereas Andy's in there for the traditional one-year window, uh, one-year tenure that all the presidents get. Uh, so I'm going to talk to Tim about the bigger issues, what DNAD are wanting to do, and we'll see what he's got for us right now. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Heart Internet and, of course, Mainstays Illustration Limited, uh, who will be here later on, as I mentioned, doing the AOI portfolio surgeries. So go back, please go back and listen to part one with Andy Sanders. You, see, you cannot miss that episode. You'd be stupid to do so. Uh, We'll catch you soon uh, uh, when I grab hold of Tim and we'll carry on from there. Yeah. So, so how long have you been CEO at the NAD? Uh, it'll be five years in September. Yeah? So, yeah. 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 Enjoying yeah. it? I love it. I really love yeah. it. I, um, it sounds... Put that away. It sounds very pompous thing to say, but it, it, it is a... You know, we're a charity. Yeah. We use our money to try and do a bit of good. And... Yeah. Um, sort of opportunity to put something back in the, yeah. the business that gave me so much. <laughs> so the first festival, which is really, really exciting. Yeah. I mean, in, a, in an age where, let's say digital, a lot of people get dependent upon living behind the screen. Do yeah. you think this is really important to have these kind of events going I've on? I've literally just been talking about that with someone else. Okay. I think it's really absolutely right. I think the more digital our lives become, the more important it is to have something really, you know, yes. and I think... You know, if you look at the music festivals, you know, I think you know, there's a real hunger for... I, mean, I know the music business has changed and bands have to make their money by, you know, live performance, but there's a real appetite for, you know, a real experience. I think The Guardian's really interesting in that regard because they've got this great digital platform yeah. and yet they're starting a membership organisation and you know, they've got a clubhouse and things across. So yeah. I think yeah. those are very interesting combinations, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's the very reason I've given you that book, but today it's, it's the first print promotional campaign I've probably done I've been freelancing seven years now but more and more I'm just finding people are switching off to emails you know if it's not from somebody they know it, it often just gets bent yeah yeah and there's a risk too of opening yeah. too I mean it's kind of you know, yeah. you know, uh, so yeah no, I could completely yeah. agree and uh, it's exciting because I mean I'm just I just enjoy milling around this place I, mean, I feel privileged to be here but also to get the chance to talk to someone like yourself to Andy Sandals who's you know, talk was really inspiring earlier. It's it's essential face to face contact and, it, and it's confidence. Was he good? I didn't, I, he I, was brilliant. Oh, yeah, right. he's, 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 I've heard the talk before, so yeah. I didn't stay to the end. But yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's, very funny. Yeah. Right, yeah, very good. But, but very good, strong, relevant stuff. Um, yeah. Do you think this is going to become something a regular thing? Is that I really hope so. We we sort of tested the, the concept last year because this is last year was the first time we judged in the Truman. Yeah, actually, it wasn't the first time. The first time in recent history. Uh, and we opened the doors, you know, to, uh, and there was, seemed to be a real appetite to, for the yeah. work. So, so this year, we're, you know, we're charging delegates, yeah. festival goers, we don't call them delegates. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's been good. It'll take 
two or three is just get a stab. Yeah. But I, I think London, and in particular East London, you know, needs and deserves yeah. a creative festival. Why not? You know? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, think, I think it's brilliant. And like you say, I, I guess it's, you know, it's what DNAD is all about, is empowering creative minds and, and, and what yeah. a great space to incubate and, and, and people to expand that, you know. I think it's, I think it's wonderful, well, yeah. One of the early sort of slogans that DNAD had was stimulation, not congratulation, which yeah. I think it is about inspiration, as you say. It's yeah. About, you know, stimulating yeah. and also I mean I, you know, going back, back to the awards which are obviously iconic with good reason I, I talked to Andy the other day and said it's, I think it's important I think healthy competition is great and to, to go through that to get that buzz and, uh, buzz and to have that almost a plateau where you can aspire to I think it's important as well you know I think, I think some people get a little bit sensitive about awards and you know people missing yeah, yeah. no we shouldn't hurt people's feelings but I think it's important to not only galvanise the people who might be unfortunate enough to miss out but to inspire the people yeah. and to uh, re- recognition I, mean, you know? I think you're absolutely right I think there are downsides to awards and, and you know to a certain extent some entrants you know have learned to get, how to game the system and, yeah. and so on but for the most part they they achieve what they were originally intended to achieve which is the promotion of the good stuff over the, the mediocre and the bad stuff on yeah. the basis that the good stuff has better outcomes you know yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that's yeah. it so yeah so it's fantastic well it's fantastic to see and um, yeah uh, congratulations because it's really amazing and it looks brilliant and, yeah uh, it does oh my god I think the, the, the branding is the branding blew me away done by the beautiful meme uh, yeah. give them a name check yeah. learn very little design agency they've done a fucking great job it's, it's really, amazing and what I realised yeah. this morning coming in is that I can I can disappear into it. No, no, you're, you're very suitably just <laughs> camouflage. Yeah. And then the, 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 it's not a sad thing because we commission work all the time and that's one of the... Yeah. But actually, you know, we'll throw it all away and do something else next year. And it, yeah. It's kind of like, I'm, I really... I don't want to see it wasted. I love it. So, so Andy really loves it as it's well. It's stuck in my mind, for so, sure. Yeah. And yeah. I wasn't... I personally wasn't aware of uh, the beautiful meme before this. No. I very much am now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. on that level, I think it's, it's amazing. No, right? we've given them a big name check in every uh, jury yeah, briefing yeah, yeah. in the morning. Right, so, so yeah. hopefully they get some business out of it. Really. Absolutely. Well, that's they the idea, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for your time, Tim. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. Thanks to Tim Lindsay, uh, CEO of DNAD. Um, next, I'm hoping to go and grab hold of the guys who've been judging the newspaper and magazine awards category design in newspaper and magazine um what are, you know judges these guys are under pressure to come up with an agreement on all categories and come up with a unanimous decision uh, you know it's a real hard fought thing and all guys are from very respected positions in the industry so very you know very uh, well chosen in, in their roles as judges i much prefer that to the uh, the rubbish you know the popularity contest that is the online voting system it's bloody horrible in my opinion so to see something that's very um you know judged very critically and professionally i think it's great i think i think we need that as positive you know constructive criticism and and you know for some people it's going to be knocks uh essential knocks in their path and for others it's going to be a huge boost so we're going to talk to the guys who've been doing that category they're coming off stage uh, any moment now uh, doing a panel on that very, uh, you know, on, on kind of talking about that publications, print publications, and you know all the magazine stuff. So we're going to catch them any moment now. Okay, well, thanks for joining me, guys. And just um, so that was the you guys judged the newspaper and design category, right? For newspaper and magazine design category, yeah. So would you mind just sort of telling us who you are and what you do very quickly? Uh, yeah, so, uh, I'm Malika, Malika Favre, and I'm an illustrator, so I work a lot 
four magazines and you know with editorial art directors. So I guess that's why I was here. Yeah. I'm Paul Willoughby. I'm creative director of Human After All, but also a magazine called Weapons of Reason. Um, I commission illustrators all the time. Um, I was an illustrator myself many years ago. Uh, so yeah. Uh, my name is Rob Vargas, and I'm the creative director of Over Business Week. Uh, my name's Louise Court, and I'm editorial director of Hearst Magazines in the UK. Cool, and uh, so how, how we found the festival? Uh, was, how was the judging? Was that intense? It was cool. I mean, it was really good, actually. I, I, I think it really came together, and we had a really good team, in a way. Like, everyone was quite opinionated, but was bringing something you know, quite specific to the table, and, and I really think, hey, it was a really interesting day. Yeah. I said, he struck me as a, as a group that I wouldn't have been, if I'd been in the running and missed out, I would have felt, okay, that's, that's cool, those guys have got the, the right level of authority to, to make that call. I felt like it was a well-selected panel, you know, you guys are all doing really, uh, you know, strong work, so I wouldn't, you know, I would have been, you know, sometimes you look at awards and think, oh, if it's public vote, it kind of upsets you because it's a popularity contest, whereas there was a really nice high level of credibility among you guys. Um, yeah. Were you impressed by the overall standards? Uh, I thought, personally, I thought they were. I thought they were good. Yeah, it was definitely good standards. Yeah. Um, could be a bit more off it. Yes. I thought there were not enough entries, um, and yeah, and probably not enough risk. Yeah. As an overall. Yeah. Yeah, I always. Ex- I don't know. Like, I, I expected a bit more from it. You know, I, I expected to be amazed by a lot of things, and I expected to have very, very difficult decisions to make. But weirdly, like most of my top suggestions got through, so you know, like, I had absolutely nothing to complain about at the end. So, um, but yeah, very strong opinions throughout the group, and people like really willing to sort of stand up and start cheer- cheerleading for something, you know, and like. Yeah. try and encapsulate it in a sentence that everyone else could totally get on board with yeah. and even turn other people's views around you know like yeah. someone could be definitely one way and yet a well constructed um, you know bit of personal truth about this this thing that you love can turn people's views around like that's how persuasive it can be sometimes yeah it's, I mean, it's exciting to see and do yeah I mean I, I enjoyed it a lot I mean um I've been, you know, I've been, I've been part of judging panels uh, back in the U.S. and uh, and it's totally different. Like there, you just kind of like rate some rate something like one to ten, and then they just sort of tally everything up, and based on who gets the most votes, like that's who they give the highest award. So this judging process was totally new for me, and it kind of felt like being in like a courtroom, like you're actually like yeah. like being a juror in a courtroom because <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we were all like deliberating, and it you know it got pretty emotional at times. Yeah, and uh, and and it was you know I, I was glad that there were people like when when I felt passionate about something, I was glad that there were people on my side and people kind of working against me because yeah, yeah. it sort of you know I think I think that sort of showed that it was a good sort of panel, a, a very diverse panel, and a panel that sort of yeah. kind of brought you know different sets of you know aesthetic sensibilities and priorities, which, which and I think it's important to have that diversity so that you know every magazine. You know, the, the large variety of magazines all have a chance to get in if, if, yeah. if there's quality there. Yeah, yeah. And just about DNA Day itself, um, are you guys excited about this festival? I'm hoping it's something that continues beyond the inaugural year. I mean, especially now in a digital, the real kind of, a lot of people depend on digital quite heavily. 
Are you excited about the fact of having this real, very real physical face-to-face event where people can just come and connect? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been to South by Southwest in Austin like once before and it absolutely blew my mind. And I just thought, like, the UK needs something yeah. just on a similar level to this. And like, I think walking into the, um, you know, like the stage today, it felt really similar, you know, in, in, its, in its approach. You know, people just sort of gathering around and, yeah. you know, like around the buzz of creativity and hearing so many diverse range of speakers all with sort of common goal to um, you know like contribute good to the industry and to you know keep ideas you know flowing basically yeah hopefully it underlines the importance of people still just connecting in an old school manner you know and and using digital to build up but starting these relationships with solid real foundations I think it's so important in our industry and you know, I think DNAD has done a really good thing here to, to underline that and re-emphasise it when it's uh, you know in danger of not being lost but being underappreciated. I think, I think it's, it has a very important place um, when it comes to education. For me, that's kind of you know the most important you know pur- purpose of it is to inspire students and to kind of bring together you know the best of the year, the best of you know to, yeah to open possibilities and to show people that and especially students that you know there is a lot of great work out there and there is no shortage of it and, and they could potentially be one of double you know yeah and you know with the new blood and uh, you know and then also the professional awards I think it's a yeah it's a great platform really and we, we need that. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. So day one's been pretty good despite the uh, tense start down the back alleys of Shoreditch. <laughs> um, I'm about to talk to Ashley Axios who just done an amazing talk um, called Designing for Obama, uh, for the President. She does all the design and the sort of branding for the White House, for the apps, for the websites, pretty major stuff. She's been doing that for the whole term, as she'll uh, tell us in a minute, I'm hoping. Um, got to sort of grab her and find somewhere quiet to record, as is the nature of these things. So I'm here with Ashley Axios at uh, DNAD Festival. How, how do you think the talk went? I think it went good. I'm great turnout, good yeah, energy awesome from the turnout. crowd. Yeah. Yeah, really, um, I was here this morning, and towards the end of a couple of talks, you see people sort of creeping the phones out, which tends to happen <laughs> these days, yeah. but I didn't see that at yours, which is it's probably a compliment. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I'll take that as a compliment, thank you. So would you mind just giving us a little bit of an introduction about what you do? I know you obviously do work for the White House and President Obama, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, how's that been? How did that even come about? Oh, uh, so... Um I've been one of those designers that does a design for social good when everybody else is, you know, flocking toward the agencies and the big names. So uh, it, it just kind of worked out that through that work I was able to meet the former creative director at a happy hour event. He okay. let me know when a position opened up later, but I wasn't really looking. And it actually took me a while um, to apply for it once I knew that there was a position. Because uh, it's hard to even imagine what it's like to work at the White House yeah. and, you know, how stressful it's going to be. And yeah. <laughs> well, how stressful has it been? Has it been... Well, incredibly, but yeah. also extremely rewarding and energizing and fulfilling. Yeah. So the stress of it all ends up, you know, yeah. not being as important. Yeah. So <laughs> what were you doing before you got that? Um, I had just started working at a nonprofit that did uh, environmental uh, work 
focused on you know animal welfare. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't worked there very long, but I was like, sorry, I guess I am gonna leave you guys soon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's really really cool. So, where are you from? Uh, I grew up mostly in New Jersey. Okay, yeah, uh, New York. It's not the most popular state. <laughs> it gets, it has a reputation, but it is close to New York. So. And did you have to move to DC for the work? How... Um, I moved there because it has just a high kind of concentration of uh, work for social good. Like there's so many nonprofits. Okay. Also, the international community there is really rich because it has like every embassy mm. under the sun. So. Um, it's just a more diverse and kind of interesting place for, for me based on my interests. Yeah. And how did the NAD happen? Um, I don't know. They just reached out and I was like, okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> is, that, is it just, I guess it's just a nice excuse to say London. <laughs> Partially. I was like, I don't know about this festival or this group, but I did some, you know, did some Googling and it's yeah. such a strong community. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, being, I've said to people before on the show, it's, it's, I find it ever increasingly important to, to retain those face-to-face -face ties with people because yeah. now obviously you can become really dependent on digital. So a festival like this being the first time is, is awesome because everyone's here, everyone's buzzing about and, and you just make those connections naturally, you know, which is really yeah. important, I think, to maintain it. Um, how have you found the, the sort of general atmosphere here? Good, I mean, positive. I love looking at and doing the people watching yeah. and <laughs> seeing the different attire. I brought like a blazer and I brought my leather jacket and I was like, you know what, I've been wearing a blazer for a really long time for my job. I was like, I'm just going to rock the leather jacket. The leather jacket's a good look. Yeah. I yeah. think it looks really cool. <laughs> I'm in London. I'm just going to embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> so have you got, if, do you have like, um, do you have a sort of fixed term for the work you're doing with the White House or is it, is it an ongoing thing until you're ready to move on? What's the deal? Yeah. So everybody who works at the White House is part of the administration. So it is a fixed term. Um, I was there during the first term when, you know, folks were voting and deciding on whether they wanted to keep the president for oh, a wow. second term. And so the thing that, nor should you, but most people don't think about is the fact that there are, you know, hundreds of people that come along with the president. So we were like, I don't know if I have a job soon. <laughs> oh, wow. But I, I actually think it's... Um, it's actually been incredible because how often do you have, unless you're working on a consultant contractual basis, how often do you actually have an end date in yeah. mind? So yeah. we won that, but then we knew, everybody knew the end of the second yeah. term was it and we're out. So I guess you have to plan accordingly. Um, I mean, does that have a heavy effect on your work? I mean, well, honestly, I just, um, you know, I kind of I've done a lot of platform work, all of this branding work. Um, for the White House and really accomplished everything that I wanted to um, by the final State of the Union. Um, actually, the, one of our big projects is rolling out this week. Yeah. Um, but because all that stuff was already in motion, I decided I was going to leave a little bit early. So I, I just left the White House last week um, and I'm figuring out what's next. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you, you're ready for a new. Yeah. Something completely I'm, fresh, wow. Yeah, which is, uh, I've been told that people are like, that's scary, that's bold to leave something like the White House, but for me it was always coming anyway. Yeah, well that's, so. I guess that's the, yeah, you've got to say, I mean, you've, you've got to make a positive of that like we do with everything in this industry, I suppose, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, but, but then I think change is healthy in our world, you know, in the arts, I just, I mean, yeah. I mean I'm, I'm an illustrator myself and I'm very, you know, cutthroat freelance, it's like, <laughs> yeah. what's next, what's tomorrow, yeah. you know, that's, that's, I'm like always on the edge and there are times where you feel really sort of, oh, you know, it's really stressful. 
other times it's, that's the best thing in the world yeah. because you can take a day off if you want, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I don't know what's next. Oh, yeah. enjoy it, it's a beautiful yeah. day. Wow, so yeah, have you got anything in mind? What's next? Are you just going to see what it presents itself? I'm going to see what happens. Um, I know that I want to do more design uh, for social good, and I like that design in the really broadest sense of things. Yeah. You know, it's designing what the next White House should look like and what it should be. That was yeah. that was really, um, if I had to sum it down, like what the past four years has, has been like for me. So who knows what the next yeah. challenge will be. Maybe I'll start up my own thing, but I definitely want to rest before I make that decision. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, God, yeah. You, you, <laughs> rest is good. Yeah. That rest is good. For clear the mind a little bit, yeah. yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy London, and uh, yeah, thanks ever so much for taking the time. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. Talk to us, yeah. <laughs> So it's day two at the DNAD Festival. I'm here recording this special episode of Arrest All Mimics. I'm quite tired from day one, as is the nature of these things. Got a suitably rascal shirt on to get back and try and be just as much as a, of a cowboy. I'm hoping to grab a quick chat with Wayne Hemingway, um, iconic fashion designer, hugely decorated, doing lots of amazing social projects across the country. One that I'm actually working with him on that you'll hear about later in Morecambe called Victoria Street uh, sort of Creative Regeneration Project. So uh, I'm going to ask him a few questions and hopefully we can grab Wayne um, before his talk later on today. And, um, and I'm hoping also uh, Lucienne Roberts, uh, who is one of the early speakers this morning, awesome British graphic designer, uh, will give us a little chat and tell us about what she's been up to at the festival. It's looking just as busy as day one, if not more so today. Um, I think all the exhibitions are actually open today. Judging is now finished, so there'll be a few gutted and a few elated people, as is the nature, but we all know that stiff competition is important. Uh, yeah, enjoy day two. So I'm Lucienne Roberts, and I run um, a studio called Lucienne Roberts Plus, a graphic design studio, and I run, or co-run, um, a publisher's called Graphic Design and... Um, and our, my studio now sort of specialises mainly in uh, graphic design for exhibitions and uh, books and a bit of corporate identity and then obviously the publishing venture publishes books. Yeah, sound like a busy lady. <laughs> uh, quite, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a good, in a good, it's good, it's good. Yeah, and how long, you, how long have you been working in graphic design? Oh my God, I left college in 1986. Yeah. So, and I set up pretty much on my own straight away. Um, so since then, but the publishing venture started about four years ago. Okay, how's that going? Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, the whole idea behind graphic design and is um, that graphic design is all about everything else. It, it doesn't really exist without everything else. Yeah. And so we're publishing books that foreground the relationship of graphic design and other subjects. That's why it's called graphic design and. Yeah. So we've done a graphic design and literature book and and maths. And, and social science. We're working on a religion title. Yeah, you know. So it's all Brilliant. about it's all about what graphic design brings. Okay, yeah, yeah. In the wider social context, it's yeah. really, really yeah. exciting. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's stuff that I, I studied graphic activism with my dissertation at uni. So I was lucky enough to get to interview Ken Gowland down the line and a few other guys from around that scene. And it was the first real sort of trigger that just lit my personality up you know yeah. until that point I've been doing that thing of striving where do I belong what do I want to do yeah. I like drawing but I have nothing else yeah. suddenly this stuff just erupted it was so like, that's a lot that's some of what I'm going to be talking about okay, because um, you know I came from a relatively political family we talked a lot about about political engagement anyway and um, now I realise that was very informative you know um, and it really shaped 
my approach to graphics. So I've, I've always been a bit evangelical about it, yeah. <laughs> be it about um, what it is that graphic design does or about the messages that we help convey, you know, yes. and whether they're worth conveying or not, yeah, and in, I guess, in my opinion. And I guess it gives a certain freedom to the work itself then. I guess it, it, it has the potential to eliminate the tendency to procrastinate, for example, because you understand what it is that you're doing and it allows you to be simplistic or as complex as you want without... Yeah, and I think, yeah. but I also think it means that we're very, very focused and we remain really focused, actually, in the exhibition work as well on the audience... Yeah. I mean that's you know an appropriateness and yes. just how do you, if it's a, if it's a message that's worth conveying then how do you do that most effectively? Yes. You know, and but in the end it is about giving meaning to one's life. I mean I think that's the great thing about being a practitioner, isn't it? Yes. That you that you can do yes. something that makes you feel like yeah. you have a value, however tiny it might be. But the stuff that's given me the, certainly the greatest buzzes I've had in my career is the stuff where I see the direct result and, and, and anyone benefiting from that or, or a positive change you know, yeah. it's such an exciting feeling yeah, and exactly. empowering and I think looking back some of the work that I first did I did a lot of work for a Breakthrough the Breast Cancer Charity not long after graduating and you know that's heartrending. So I mean some of it is really when I look back I'm so glad that I did it because yeah. of course because it was essentially about raising awareness making sure women check themselves more regularly that kind of thing but also raising funds for research which yeah. is you know that's unbelievable really yeah. really important and even if you make a tiny 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 contribution it's better than none absolutely yeah <laughs> so, and I think it is it's a heavy burden to carry if you try to change the entire world so it's nice yeah. to have a, a single focus and really yeah. get something into that yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you're doing a talk today at the yes. Festival are yes. you excited about that you... yes I mean, there's always a bit of trepidation of yes course. oh god yeah and also I think it's going to be too long so I was just walking up here thinking right how do I speed up that bit you know <laughs> yeah. and whiz through a few yeah. of the images because the thing is when you've been working as long as I, I'm a bit I should be really good at self-editing but I'm not and when you've been working as long as I have there's always that tendency to go oh I'm really fond of that project and I was really fond of that experience yeah. and oh I want to tell everyone about it but actually from the audience point of view you, you know they'll be asleep so um, <laughs> it's kind of trying to yeah, it's half the battle with talks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and actually, a lot of what I'm showing is to do with um, the exhibition work yeah. because I think that's where a lot of my interests have come together. But it took—I'm quite a late developer, which is some of what I'll talk about as well. That I think it can take eight years to work out what you're doing. Why? Oh, yeah. You know, and um, the whole exhibition thing has pulled together lots of my interests without my. I didn't even realise that was going to happen. And now yeah. suddenly it's like, oh, that's right, yeah. this seems to work, OK. It is this ever-evolving <laughs> yeah. journey, and I, exactly. I, I do, I've kind of given up on ever having a sort of, a, you know, hoping for a stage where I go, right, I'm there. No, I'm just going to embrace that ever-moving, ever yeah. ever-changing thing and wherever yeah. I'm at in my life, you know. Yeah. It's, that's and also, that's... you can't control... That's also a lot of what I'll be talking about, is how you, you make some decisions, but you don't really know where they will take you. Yes. And it's... It's about being open. It to is, that. yeah. You know, um, but but looking for the opportunities, being it aware is. of the opportunities. That's it. Just being open to seeing the things that are put in front of you at yeah. any given stage. Yeah. But I know. But I really, I know. Looking back, how you know a few decisions that I made quite early on connect up to what I'm doing now. In that you you could do one of those sort of crazy diagrams. Yeah. And see. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So that project's come because of that person. That person oh, came yeah. with that person. That person. You know. Oh yeah. With hindsight, there's a lot of methods to the madness. And you do um, kind of. Think, 
you just don't ever see it when you're going through it. That that's, that's is the trouble. amazing <laughs> how, how it's all joined up. Yeah. It is, it's an intricate yeah. web. Yeah. But it's what makes it quite exciting, isn't it? Oh, really, it really is, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at embracing that now. I'm just <laughs> you know, putting myself in places and thinking, right, don't be guilty, don't procrastinate, just enjoy all of it. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely, yeah. definitely. And I think. So I also look back and think that some of my, my contemporaries were much more strategic than mm. I was, and that has paid off for them. Oh, yeah, there's no right or wrong. You yeah, know, that's the thing. definitely. But, they, but I think it's about how clear a vision you have at the beginning, and I don't think I did have... I think I did in terms of the kinds of work I didn't want to do. Yes. But I hadn't really worked out what I did want to do. That was, that's it, yeah. You know. I think often no, no is the most powerful word, you know, in a, in, yeah. a way, in a strange way, if you've got the courage to to say no to stuff and, and to know what you like to say you don't want to do then it, it, I guess it leaves you more open to seeing what you do want to do you know yeah. you're less weighed down by the stuff that's taking up time for the wrong reasons yeah so what an honour to speak with Lucy Roberts who's a, uh, a real uh, benchmark in British graphic design her, her exhibition design work is incredible um, I have to say I went and checked out Lucy's talk right after we had our conversation and it, it's one of the, the best I've seen here so far and I'm sure it will remain that way uh, but I just want to give a bit of contrast now and I'm going to go and I'm really excited about checking out the exhibition and the work and the pencil winners the judges have finally got everything sorted the exhibition is open now to visitors and the public so I'm going to go and have a little look around and see what I can find and just talk to a few of the people on the floor who are here at the show to come and come, come and see the work for various reasons let's, let's see who's around so just uh, just for the listeners, would you mind just introducing yourself and what you do and sort of why you're here? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Carolina Bodmer, and I'm here through my work. Um, yeah. I work as a production coordinator for Scripps Networks. It's a broadcaster which includes Food Network, Travel Channel, and Fine Living, which goes across Europe. Okay, cool. So you're yeah. here sort of just to check out the work or are you actively looking for talent or um, we're here just to check out the work and become inspired yeah and are you inspired yeah <laughs> every time I come here I'm inspired yeah, it's true. Um, my name's Aaron um, and my name is Sophie yeah, we're both studying at the moment at Ravensbourne University in North Branch okay cool. uh, doing graphic design okay cool yeah so we're this both is third years yeah so almost finished okay yeah so you're near the end of near the class the end, yeah. yeah is this a nice little taster then of what sort yeah. of um, what's, what's beyond what we're doing at the moment, at least, just to see what we can do and what we should strive for. Yeah, and is, I mean, are you impressed with the level of work? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very varied, which is really nice. Um, yeah, it's but there's a lot of things. Room. Yeah, it's nice to see things that we can relate to quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's really nice to be in this room full of books. Yes. You'll be able to touch the things that you'll probably never be able to see unless you like, go to the... Yeah, I totally agree, actually. Yeah. I came in this morning and there was no one else kind of around. I went here stupidly early, actually. But <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of having a nice little, you know, just looking through all these amazing books. And yeah. Just such a high standard right across, isn't it? It's, um, I remember when I graduated, I went to New Blood. And um, God, I felt quite daunted at the time. But then I think the more you get into the industry, the more you realise... It's actually not about comparing yourself, it's about yeah. finding your, your, your own thing, your personality, yeah. So. Uh, hi, I'm Zoe Pollitt, I'm from a design studio in Sydney called Eskimo, and I'm here with my partner. Natasha Hazer, um, who is the founder and executive creative director of Eskimo Design in Sydney, Australia. Okay, so you just come especially for this event? Yes. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. And how we found it so far, you enjoyed it, the whole process? Um, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, the judging's been... Um, really interesting just seeing 
you know, work from all around the world and actually meeting, you know, other creatives from around the world as well. Yeah. So, yeah. That's something that's come up as, uh, quite a lot, actually, the fact that there's tendencies to spend a lot of time behind a monitor in our world and the fact that actually in a number of days it's just a really invigorating experience to get face-to-face contact and meet people for real, you know? I think yeah. it goes a long way. Have you enjoyed that aspect to it? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, it's amazing to see so much international work and also just to see the occasional Australian pieces, yes. which is great. <laughs> <laughs> loving, loving seeing that. Yeah. Um, but particularly the illustration, I think, is I'm really drawn to the illustration yeah. in the whole you know, exhibition. I think it's a really yeah. amazing quality. I've been blown away just by the sheer diversity, not just in the content of the work, but the production, the... Just this, you know, the range from really fun stuff to kind of social, economic stuff. It's just a, a real panorama of kind of mind-blowing stuff, really. I'm feeling quite exhausted, and I've only been here a day and a half <laughs> for the right reasons, you know. It's just like taking it all in. No, so, it's, it's incredible inspiration. Not only did the sheer amount of people that DNAD had brought together in terms of the judges and the people attending the show and the students and the professional categories uh, and the speakers, but it was awesome to put faces to names, people that, uh, as you will, will all know in this industry, you only ever see as an email avatar or a, a Twitter icon, you know, there's, I think it's a really poisonous side to the digital era, so for me to get the chance to actually sit down and have a coffee or a beer as the days crept on with people who I'd worked with over the years but never met in person uh, was brilliant, absolutely fantastic stuff, so in quite quick succession after talking to all the people at uh, up in the exhibition itself, I bumped into Emily Goslin, who is the online editor of It's Nice That, and these guys have supported me when I brought out my book, Champagne and Wax Crayons. Uh, they've helped shout about the podcast. They're a really supportive bunch, and they're really covering all the exciting things that are happening in the industry. And then I was thrown into the f- uh, the f- frying pan with Wayne Hemingway, who is a huge name in our business. Uh, massive companies, uh, red or dead fashion label is going to be giving a talk a little later on today which I'm so excited about and as it goes Wayne and I are both involved in a creative regeneration project in Morecambe. Um, I'm creating a mural uh, on the side of the building in Morecambe, yeah, place where I used to go as a kid so I'm going to talk to Wayne mainly about the festival and about his talk that's coming up later today and, and, you know, a few of those values. And then straight after that, I've got a little booking in with Patrick Burgoyne, who is the editor of Creative Review, who needs no further introduction. So here we go, triple barrel. Um, I'm Emily Gosling. I'm the deputy editor, and it's nice that. Um, So I write about graphic design and illustration and photography and anything else. Anything else in the creative world that's interesting. Cool. And uh, so you just see a moderating a talk, right? Yeah, moderating a talk about craft in advertising and design and art direction. Um, so it's going to be really interesting for me to discover what that means. Um, and <laughs> like, I guess that's the nice thing about not really having seen any of the work is that I'll, I'll be discovering it all as the audience is. Well, so that's going to add a nice dynamic to it. It's got to, really. It's the only option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it sounds like um, some quite interesting panellists, and it's nice that there's one from Japan, one from Hong Kong, one from um, Latin America, um, one from elsewhere. Um, so it's quite nice to have that kind of global look at things, because yeah. I think when you're in London especially, you can be so London-centric and kind of just think about the big agencies that you know here and it's very like a you do get trapped sometimes don't you yeah Yeah, among the familiar familiar pillars yeah I really like what you guys do it's nice that I I do keep an eye on it how's how's it all going is it all is it still all good it's still all good 
we've just today launched um, our second issue of the new way that we're doing our printed pages magazine. Um, so we're doing it biannually now and kind of combining the printed pages magazine content, which is the features that we've put online already, with our annual. We used to do like a annual at the end of the year, kind of showcasing the best work yeah. that we'd seen on the site. So um, from the we've got three sections on the site: there's the news section, the work section, and the features section. And then when you collate the work in the magazine, it kind of takes the place of the annual. So it's a nice, big, thick look at the last six months, really. Yeah. Um, so it was great getting that back. And we've got um, the characters from Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Yeah. Like, shot as if they're kind of fashion models. So it nice. looks, it looks great. Um, so that's been really exciting having that back. Um, and yeah, otherwise everything's kind of ticking along, really. Yeah. Quite busy. There's not very many of us there at the moment, so it's busy, but that's fun. That's cool. I yeah. guess that brings its own results, yeah. And uh, have you have you done much on the DNA day from before? Um, she used to yeah. be at, you used to be at Design Week, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's because I think that's where I first connected with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think mostly just new blood stuff, really. Yeah. I've always found new blood to be really yeah. interesting. And these things are really cool, aren't they? It's like you were saying about pick me up. I think yeah. it's exciting. Like, I mean, I guess not so much if you. In the nature of your work, it's nice that, but certainly in my own shoes as an illustrator, yeah, there's a yeah. tendency to sit behind the monitor too much, you know what I mean? I live in a digital world, so I think these things are really cool uh, and it's exciting. You just get to meet worlds of interesting people and have beers. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think also um, when you are kind of, because I think it's probably the same for us in, in a lot of respects, that if you are sitting behind a computer and you're going to send JPEGs and PDFs, yeah. to actually see, to understand the branding project, you need to see its applications and you yes. can't really do that online as, as much as you can well, it's, it's nice having it kind of all laid out here like a, like yeah. a huge kind of jumble sale isn't it and seeing yeah. it on posters and on t-shirts yeah. and a lot of the three did you see there's any of the three dimensional stuff up there like there was there's some really you know really well executed well you know great ideas just coming to fruition in a 3D world and it's really refreshing to see all that stuff I think it's awesome when you can pick it up and just have a little feel about yeah. it all come out and stuff you know and it's uh, I guess it's more special because you see less of it now, but it's nice to see at these yeah, sort of things, yeah. Absolutely, and I think it's quite something like this, obviously this is the first one, but it's um, it, it feels like it's a more democratic process of judging stuff if everybody can see what's being judged. Yes. Um, I guess, especially with kind of big design organisations, sometimes it can feel a bit like um, everybody kind of has an opinion on it but nobody gets to like share in that and obviously like you have to physically be here but just that idea of kind of opening it all up and going this yeah. is what these people were judging yes. I think that's a nice democratic I think thing. it's great and, and it was pretty funny yesterday because I mean the nice thing about the nature of this show is that I'm just kind of hovering around with this microphone there's no real pressure on me <laughs> yeah but I was sat in the press pit yesterday and I'm not joking, some of the people were sort of, the judges were sort of coming in there sweating, you know, getting really quite angry, <laughs> angry with each other. There were some real tensions going on. Really? Like, yeah, one guy was like, he'd come back in there and he was like, what the fuck is it, give him? And he's going like, he's going, I know it's all opinions and that, but, and he was well angry and I was like, all right, all right. But I like that. I like that there's passion going into yeah. these decisions and people are fighting their corners. So I think if I was on the end of that decision, I'd be a bit like, all right, well, fair play. You know, it's like... What do you think is good then? Like, what, what, when you've been wandering around, you've had a lot of time to kind of see everything. What, what sort of work do you think? I'm always... I, have, I swing, like, two very separate... I go from sort of... I love the art direction stuff, so I like detaching my own bias from it and going for something that's very clinical, very graphic, because what I do is very organic and inky. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, I'm always, I'm always drawn to that stuff. Nice hand brush letters and, and nice drawing. 
but like the Amnesty, like 3D sort of glass with barbed wire in it. And it's like, it's amazing because it's so far beyond what I know to do. And I, I wouldn't know where to start with that, but I can appreciate its function from an art direction perspective. So that's like, I guess that goes back to what Andy was saying about it's fine to not know. You don't have to understand technology to use it, you know. It's like, yeah. it's like find the people who can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. And I just, I love the stuff that's done really nice from, you know, from idea to its final printed product, I think is when it's done, when you can see the quality right throughout, I think you're going to do all right. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I think, yeah. So is the vibe been, do you think, like, because I haven't really, like, spoken to anybody wandering around, is it mostly, like, people who are in this industry kind of looking to meet other people, or is it people getting inspiration, or what do you think? I found like, a real mix, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I found a lot of, kind of, a lot of third years coming down okay. and simultaneously getting excited, but also freaking out at the quality that's going on in the competition. But a lot of industry and a lot of illustrators, art directors, I've just been chatting to a guy from Saatchi outside and it's a real like, it's a real, I don't know, without trying to sound like David Brent, a real, a real melting pot. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I just use that. Wow. But, um, but no, it is. So what's the gist of the talk that you'll be giving later on today? Well, I'm going to just, I'm going to take people through, it's like quite an unusual career really, you know, untrained. Yeah. along with my wife left, she left school at 15 and I think for I probably you know there'll be most people there be younger than me because I'm 55 and explaining to them how we started and never had a penny but and how we've ad- adapted from doing you know being untrained fashion designers to to untrained housing designers to untrained brand designers yeah. to untrained graphic designers to everything we do but um, we've been successful and, and done good work in all of them. So, but also I want to talk about how you know we've never advertised, we've never, we don't have a PR, we never bid, very rarely ever bid for jobs, and how and how we kind of go about um, getting work. Yeah, and 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 we do that. You know that. You know, we never we never have to really seek work. It, would you say that? Would it be fair to say that you've created a, the right level of, of sort of mystique in going the other way? You know, in making it something that people really desire, and, and actually for the lack of pumping it out there. Well, I think I think the way we've done it is by you, you do it by being by treating every job that you do as being the most important job that you've ever done. Yeah, uh, I think I think it really is that simple in that we our inability to just do something because get it out of the way because we need to we've never thought let's get that job because we need the money let's just do it we've always made we, me and Geraldine have never been able to accept and we've passed it on to our staff really that you never can look at a project and think you could have done it better yeah. if, if, you know you've absolutely failed if you're in that situation I agree a- yeah. absolutely failed and if, if that means that you've lost a load of money on it because because you spent too much time on it, then so what? Yeah. The money will come back some sometime else. Yeah. So there is never a, and, and you know we don't go back and ask for more money. We, our client people that we work with, we genuinely, ninety five percent of the time end up being friends and working for a long time with them. Um, we never extend ourselves beyond. We've got very good antennae for not extending ourselves beyond what we can cope with I think it's a really valuable skill and, and we've never you know we, that, and that goes to like never borrowing money 
Never, never getting yourself into a situation where you're overly worried. Yes. I'd, all that people who say that you're better when you're stressed out in design is not, not true because people, human beings, don't work very well in a stress condition. You know, that stress is an illness. Okay, uh, I'm Patrick Burgoyne. I'm editor of Creative Review. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I guess you are very aware of DNA, DNAD and sort of had dealings with them over the years. Sure, yeah, we've worked with DNAD a lot. Uh, I mean, I've been at Creative Review for... 20 years and in all that time we've done all kinds of things with DNAD whether that's uh, helped them publicise the awards with the book of the night uh, we've uh, worked with them on their new blood stuff I've been a judge um, several times and uh, today uh, I'm hosting one of the panel discussions later on very cool festival. are you glad not to be in the sort of frame pan of the judging sessions I've seen some pretty intense ones this week <laughs> I, think, I mean judging's always it's always really enjoyable it is exhausting though I think um People don't necessarily understand that before they do it, and then, when, especially with DNAD, where the scale of it is so huge, and um, you know the, the kind of expectation is so high that um, you see people coming out of it with this kind of glazed expression. Seeing all these people coming together in person, face to face, and just sharing what everyone's doing—that must be cool for you to see for someone who's been working with DNAD. I think years. it's a really great step forward, and, uh, um, and even from last year, when it, I think it was the first time that they did it here. Um, it's something I know that they've had ambitions to try and do um, but when the judging was um, at Olympia I think just the fact that it was it was a different sort of space and a different location made it a bit harder to do something like this but Truman Brewery is a perfect location for it and um, you know to be able to uh, on the one hand have um, judges discussing their decisions almost you know straight after they've made them yeah. to have really great lineup of outside speakers come in and then also just to give people the chance to actually see the work in the flesh because I think that it really, really helps, especially um, you know, now that uh, a lot of the work is becoming more complex. It's not just about you know, seeing a, a great um, book or a poster or a, or a commercial. You know, mm. A lot of these things are quite multi-layered and, and you know, take a bit of time to uh, understand. So yeah. something like this gives people the chance to really engage with the work. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, whole, a great buzz the whole week, you know, especially, like you said, the location right next to Rough Trade, all the food stalls and everything. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's been good, yeah. Well, cheers for your time, Patrick. Pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so today, Paul Smith and Annie Atkins are here. Paul Smith needs no introduction, neither does Annie Atkins. Uh, but for those that don't know, Paul Smith is one of the iconic fashion designers in this country, worldwide, has been since the... 70s, I believe. Um, Danny Atkins worked on the Grand Budapest Hotel with Wes Anderson on the design and the visual direction of that. And I'm now going to go down to the Association of Illustrators uh, area where they're giving portfolio surgeries. There, there are four people, I believe. I've just been chatting, chatting to Vicky Pierce, who, if you're a regular listener on the show, you would have heard from, um, along with Jacqueline Bissett on one of the previous episodes on fashion illustration. So we won't um, have Vicky on the record today, but actually Timber Smiths, who is the um, creative director of Little White Lies, um, such iconic work, such a cult film magazine. Go and look at um, every issue. You know, it's riddled with illustrators, really cool angle on the film industry, and Timber's really passionate about that. So he's been giving portfolio surgeries today with the AOI. Uh, I do recommend the surgeries. Fig Taylor, who tends to lead this stuff, gave me a portfolio surgery and just about every other illustrator who's been through the education system uh, a surgery, and, and it's really valuable. And you know, I remember telling me back in the day that I had quite a masculine feel to my work, and it wasn't something that I'd considered over what might have been seen as, as a more androgynous 
quality to the work, um, you know. So Fig knows her stuff, and she gave me some really good heads up at a time when I was graduating, which basically is what been is happening today. There are loads of graduates now with booked in sessions. They're going, they're dropping in, they're talking about you know all the things that new illustrators need to think about. So I'm going to grab Timber Smiths right after his talk and get a few words and see how it's been going for him. Want to introduce yourself for the for listeners? Yeah, cool. Um, I'm Timber Smiths. I'm creative director of Little White Lies, uh, Huck Magazine. Yeah, and you've been down at DNA Day Festival doing the portfolio, so just with the AOI, I believe. Yes, yes. Um, as a as also an illustrator and artist myself, down here at DNA Day, giving the portfolio workshops, seeing some great stuff today. And how's it gone? Enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah. really enjoyed it. Do you find I sometimes do days lecturing, just uh, guest lectures, and I always come away feeling like I've learned more than the students just from having that. <laughs> chance to sit down and look properly at some you know like really analyze someone else's work and in the back of my mind I'm going you need to take this on board for your own stuff yeah no totally I get that I get a similar feeling I also get like really amped to go back to the studio and start making work because I'm looking at the amount of work these kids are producing in the last year of college and I'm like shit on me they've made more work than I have in my entire career yeah like (laughs) serious it's very true it's unreal there's no better fuel for it just yeah, scare I'd, yourself I'd, a little uh, bit I had one guy and he's literally like the work is phenomenal like of, of an incredible standard yeah for a, an experienced like illustrator let alone somebody who's got four weeks of their course to go yeah have you had a chance to check out the work upstairs no should do yeah it's really strong body yeah it's okay. really uh, thought provoking stuff up there yeah it's yeah. kind of it's another one exactly like you said it's another I need to stay on my game because this stuff's good and these right. guys are coming into the industry now. Um, so might have to come back and check that because, yeah, yeah, got to get back to the office. We're on deadline for the Are you on deadline? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> and here's me cornering you for this. <laughs> Shh, we won't tell anyone. Oh, gosh, this is being recorded, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it all got a bit messy uh, two minutes ago. Uh, Paul Smith, world-renowned fashion designer, turned up and everyone predictably swarmed him with cameras in his face as people getting autographs signed. I mean, this is proper celebrity shit. <laughs> Paul's so cool with it all. He's got, he's a, he was as good as you would hope a man of his stature in fashion design would look. Um, as I said earlier, it's pretty noisy around here, so forgive the background noise. The birds are giving us a nice touch just around the corner from the old Truman Brewery. <laughs> but Paul Smith got mobbed and I missed out and I, I couldn't get him and I'm a little bit gutted, so I'm determined to grab him when he comes off stage. Uh, I don't know what that will be like, but I might bring you that later on. But I'm now hovering around just outside the building. Um, everyone's gone to set up for Paul Smith's talk. It's filling up really quick in there, as you would expect. But because I'm here as press, I'm kind of trying to use my wits and I'm figuring that Annie Atkins, uh, designer on Grand Budapest Hotel, with Wes Anderson uh, is going to be arriving anytime soon and I figure there's no one else here so I can grab uh, a lady who's just as sought after as Paul Smith uh, and no one's going to be there so I'm just going to sit and wait and I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of Paul Smith's talk in order to try and get Annie so hopefully I can bring her out soon so Annie Atkins how are you doing? I'm great <laughs> yeah? yeah I really love her to meet you uh, really love your stuff I've just actually just been reading an article with you in Campaign Magazine yeah which is really nice so yeah um, are you looking forward to the talk? Yes, I'm very much looking forward to talk. I actually gave my talk this morning at a company, oh, wow, okay. so it was a good warm-up, you know, I had a good yeah. practice run, so I'm looking forward to this one now. Yeah, and do you do, do, you do many talks? Is it uh, something quite new? or? I did loads last year. Yeah. Um, I went all around the world. I was in like Mexico and Norway and Canada. Yeah. Just after Grand Budapest, you know, things really yeah. flared up. Well, I can understand why. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I love Wes Anderson's stuff. I've got the big anthology of all his work and... Uh, 
really love the quirkiness. That must have been, um, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it a thousand times now, but that must have been something you could really invest in as a project. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. A, a wonderful yeah. thing to work on. Yeah, absolutely. Just the use of colour, you know. I mean, I work a lot in period filmmaking, so a lot of the work I do has to be sepia tones because that's what audiences expect from from costume dramas. Of course, yeah. So when I worked with Wes and, you know, all of a sudden we were working on a 1930s movie that had, like, all these beautiful colours in it and it was a real treat. Yeah, the start and the pink is just incredible from that film. Yeah. It's just, um, it's amazing. So I, as I understand that you worked on a lot of the props for the film, right? And, and the the sort of graphic stuff for the documents and the maps and all that stuff, yeah? Yeah. So what was Wes like to work with? Was he, uh, as he, is he as fun as I hope he would be? Yeah, he is, <laughs> he is really fun. Like, he's very he's very experimental and he's always taking me in directions that I wouldn't usually go in. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a real treat, yeah. Brilliant, that's really cool. And what's coming up? Any exciting projects? Well, I'm working with him again now. Yeah, okay. For a new production, yes. new feature? Yeah. Yes. Probably as much as I can say about it. Yeah, of course, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> and, um, and have you worked with the NAD before? Uh, no, I haven't done. Yeah, it's your first experience yeah. with them. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's really exciting for me. I'm, I'm an illustrator, by the way. And it's really, okay. exci- it's really exciting for me to, uh, you know, to come to just a, a physical thing where you meet all these amazing people face to face. And I think now in the digital age, it's ever important to do that. Um, yeah. In your own career, has that been important? to you know the, the old the old school face-to-face connections um it has been i mean it's very important in film like we tend to always work in crews and very rarely work remotely uh the only time i work remotely by myself is if i'm working on animation or something and mm. then i can kind of email my work in but usually i'll be there with the rest of the art department because yeah. it's, it's such a tactile world you know? yes yeah uh, awesome well, um, I hope the talk goes well, and thank you so much for uh, giving me some time. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. After sitting down and uh, chatting to Annie Atkins, a lady who's worked on a film that I adore as a huge fan of Wes Anderson's work, I sort of went steaming into Paul Smith's talk and was really impressed with what the guy had to say. Very humble, very modest, very funny, uh, really engaging with the audience, throwing out prizes, people ask questions, real raucous, but just this schmoz of people, like a total melee, melee of, you know, of people going in there to try and get a word get an autograph it was even worse than the press area i should have known this so the next three seconds of uh input from paul smith will either define or wreck my journalistic career so for better or worse i kind of ran at the man and said paul (laughs) the shirt what do you think i had this paisley shirt on and here's what he had to say oh it looks very nice to me paisley pink paisley Yeah, compliments from Paul Smith, so the next time any of my mates from my small town background take the piss out of my Larry shirts, there you have it, Paul Smith liked the pink paisley. And um, so this thing's been amazing. Uh, I want to just say a huge thank you to anyone who's listening from DNAD, from Tim and from Eliza Barnard, who was the press officer who very kindly upgraded my pass to a press pass and gave me the opportunity to do this, to talk to all these amazing people, to find out exactly what the inaugural DNAD festival meant to the uh, advertising, design and arts world, which is clearly something special. As the day came to a close, I um, I had a couple of beers with the guys, Turner and Duckworth, Dave Thompson, who was a design director of friend of mine actually who went to university with me um i was on the illustration degree dave was on the graphic design and it was clear from 
uh, a, a very early stage on that degree that Dave had something special in graphic design and lo and behold he has gone on to work for a number of other agencies, design companies, ever increasingly successful career and he's ended up at Turner and Duckworth. So Dave very kindly introduced me to Bruce Duckworth, uh, one half of the ownership of that company who will be taking over from Andy Sandals very soon as the new president of DNAD. So a big congrats to Bruce and despite the first recording fucking up when I didn't hit the record button I was mortified I could feel the colour drop off my face I I was able to go to Dave and say have a word will you I need to do this I will not sleep tonight if I miss the opportunity to talk to Bruce again so Bruce very kindly came back and talked to me again which turned out as these things go as a happy accident it turned out to be a much better interview so here is a little exclusive chat with Bruce Duckworth about how he feels about stepping into Andy Sandler's shoes very soon as the new president of DNAD and thanks again to all for having me it's been a wonderful time at this festival I hope you enjoy this special episode signing off with Bruce Duckworth the new DNAD president uh, in 2016 to 17 term see you later guys right so with Dave Thompson um, and Bruce Duckworth from Turner Duckworth and Bruce, you're going to be the next DNA DNA director, right? Yeah, or president? President, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's director. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, from September. Yeah. So, and uh, you're excited about the role? I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm kind of honoured. I think it's part of. You know, I mean, what a great organisation DNA and it just cares about creativity, and that's really all I've ever cared about. So. Yeah. Absolutely, very honoured, but also slightly terrified. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, yeah, it's, um, it's a real role of responsibility, isn't it? As we, as we mentioned over the last week, it's, um, they play a huge role in, in bringing together this glut of creativity that often gets dispersed in the digital age. Um, and to be heading that, you know, it's... Well, I think, you know, we're standing here in the festival, so it's got all of the judging materials. Everything that was entered is, is shown. It's, I mean, it's, it's actually... Judging Week is set up really as an exhibition anyway for the judges, and then to open it all up to people and say, come and experience what it's like to judge, and see what was judged, and then you know I think it just opens it all up, and yeah, and it re- and, and it makes people realise I think that the reason the standards of the entity are so high is because the ethics of the place is so high, yes. and people really believe in the right things, you know, about great ideas, relevance, yeah. and uh, beautiful execution, and and it shows when you actually see the work here, you realise what. One and why it's one, it's for a good reason. Yeah, so Dave, just can you tell us a little bit about your role at Turner Duckworth? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, my role at Turner Duckworth is a design director, so I I help Bruce and I help carry Bruce's philosophies for how we produce and how we approach work, and I take it across and control teams. Yeah. So, you know, we're given briefs, we're turning through, and I just make sure that we keep the quality. Uh, that Turner Duckworth strives for and our creativity across all our work. Yeah, well, so. and just to put you on the spot, so. Bruce's employee, what can we expect from the next year um, from a man you're working with on a day-to-day basis? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> more, more, more of the same, lots of creativity, great work. Uh, yeah. yeah, just just pushing, pushing as hard as we can. Yeah. I mean, just having gone to uni with you and seeing the standard that I saw in the degree show when uh, I'll, I'll put my cat, you know, I'll hold my hands up, like you sort of blew me away at that point. Now it's very much, I just come down to the graphics department and I saw your work and thought, He's got something that's really fucking good. And, um, <laughs> I'm not paying you enough to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all, you know. I mean, it's been no surprise to me. And to, to see you end up at Tony and Duckworth says to me that, that Bruce has got an eye for, for talent. You know, it's I, I think it's what you look for is people with a, with a similar. You, you, you look for people with kindred spirits, right? You look for, 
you know, you look for people who just genuinely believe that the right way to do things yeah. is to have great ideas and, and make them come to life. And you look for people who you can work with as well. But, but you know, the worst thing is, you know, more confidence than talent. <laughs> and that does happen a lot, you know. And 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 so, you know, you have to. Our, our, our place, we we just try really hard, and and you know, there's no. Everybody mucks in. It's a kind of real team atmosphere, and yeah, we work for each other. We work for each other. I think yeah. it's a bit. It's a bit like. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, we kind of play hard, work hard, but <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah. But as we all know, you know, anyone who is sort of worth their salt in the industry knows that play is as much of a valid currency as as work, you know. And so that's crucial. That's really important, of course. Yeah. You know, I think it's I think it's crucial to be to have those mornings where you come in knackered and you, you, there's no way you'd rather be but bed. But actually, in my own experience, the, the, as she can work for me. Comfort- <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll watch his face. I'm a tenacious little bastard. <laughs> but as as we mentioned earlier, Bruce. Um, you, you know, you were one thing you did champion about DNAD and this festival in particular is the collectivity and actually bringing people together. Um, yes, yeah, the community. I think it's yeah. the. Uh, I think that's what I've really noticed about the, you know, this whole setup that's going on at the moment is that we've got. Although you know, people know DNAD for the standards being very high. Um, it is great to meet people mm-hmm. who actually talk about it. And yes. this community, I think, which the entry door for the community is great work. And then when you meet all the people, they all talk about the same things. They all talk about issues which are really um, are just about you know great ideas. It's, it's actually very simple, you know. I yeah. mean, despite all of the technology that's available today, it doesn't actually none of it matters if the idea is no good. That's you it. Know, the idea is everything, and the relevancy of your solution. I've seen solutions here that have been the most technologically advanced things ever I've ever seen, and have blown yes. me away. I've also seen things that are the most analogues, and and I think there's you know there is merit in absolutely both. Sometimes the simple analog things just have a magic and a, and a yep. you know, curiosity and a, and, a, and a sort of yeah a magic. To it. Yep. Well, for the very brand, branding of this podcast, I um, I'd met a 3D printer for the first time. I saw a 3D printing happening, and, and it was sort of something just blew up in my mind and, I, and it took a year for me to actually think of a, the right project to actually go out and commission a 3D print and in the end the, the fact that this show is about the people that I'm talking to and not about me gave me the freedom to depart from my illustrative style so I went back to the lady who did the 3D print and commissioned the 3D print of my own head with, with headphones on and because I wanted to paint on something directly but it, it wasn't until that idea supported yeah. The, the relevancy of that to go and do it and it was right now it's time it, it took a year of sort of sitting back and waiting the wings yeah. to make that I think that's you know and you see here you see all this technology you know some of it is over, some of it is just gimmicks right some of it is just expensive bits of machinery that, that honestly you didn't need and yeah. you know, it's just a gimmick other times they've just been used in a really smart way and you just think that idea would not exist without that yeah. piece of technology so that's, that's the right appropriate use of it yeah, I completely agree. It's all it is. It's about it's about that something that's timeless and it's that real true sense of what creativity yeah. needs to be right behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, um, thanks ever so much for your time, guys. And <laughs> right. a pleasure. Best of, best come, of luck. come next year and tell everyone it's a great thing. To, I mean, I, I, I can't will, believe I will be here, yeah. the, the buzz. I don't know what you think. No, I, was, I think the buzz is great. I, I was just going to say from obviously from Bruce's opportunity now, and I, I'm, you know, I'm very glad that this has happened to Bruce, and we are very pleased for it. But it's great for me as well as, a, as an employer, Bruce, because he's opening doors that I thought I would never see yeah. as well. So, yeah. like the activities of today, I'm getting to see it firsthand. 
and hope, hopefully for me, being selfish over the next year, I really want to be able to see more about DNAD and see how it really Absolutely, ticks and yeah. how it works behind the scenes. So for me, it's great because yeah, I'm I think be there is this, and I think there's a genuine desire at DNAD to, you know, you know, finally, I think the message is getting out there that you win one, you teach one. Yes, yeah, and that yeah, yeah. and that is so much a fundamental point that all it's a charity. All the profits from you know, the award entries go back into education, yeah, yeah. which fuels people who are sometimes underprivileged kids, whatever it is, yeah. to have an interest in creative people interested in creative business, and that is the future of our business. Yeah. So you win one, you teach one, and I think that's what is such a such a, a great ethos, and it's, it's a very yeah. pure ethos, um, and and it, that's what makes it different. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, just, just from personal experience, I, I, it's quite surreal in a sense that we're studying now having this conversation at such an event uh, with, a, with a guy who's, who's done as well as yourself. And, you know, I think back to us sitting there looking through the DNA book, yeah. the DNA book in yeah. UCLan, in, yeah. at, you know, not really. I mean, I mean, not really having a clue as, okay, we had, we had inclinations of what we wanted to do, but at that yeah. point, did it ever feel like it would happen or real? I don't know. Yeah. Not for me, it didn't. But. DNA, to, to me, for many years, has always been this book. It's all about the book. Yeah. And it's all of a sudden, like, over the last few years, this world has suddenly opened up to me. And it's you see behind the scenes, and this is what this, what's great about this festival, is that it suddenly just shows all these people, from students all the way through to senior creatives, that, you know, there's this whole world that goes on, this whole process, and it just makes this book <laughs> weirdly insignificant anymore, because it, you get to see the processes, and for me, it's just open my eyes. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, the book is an, in, it's always, it's an interesting thing, right? It's a very analogue thing. Yes. Yeah. Ten years ago, ten years yeah. ago, we would have said... You know, is that the right thing? Perhaps we shouldn't even produce a book. You know, perhaps the yeah. annual is a thing of the past. Funnily enough, yeah. the pendulum swings the other direction yeah. on occasions, and you know, um, things you can pick up and touch and feel and have quality to them and permanence yes. yeah. are actually still as valuable as they ever have. And I think the DNAD annual for me mm. is almost like a, a black book of names. Yeah, definitely. Of yeah. people that I would like to collaborate one day. With. Absolutely, I was like, I saw all the, the same things. Right? I saw all the books laid out on the table upstairs in the exhibition, and I was like, just. You know, it, was, it felt like it was opening something magic. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is because there's such a level of prestige yeah. and honour in that. And it's, that's, I think we need to retain that. As Paul Smith mentioned before, and he, he kind of reminded us all that libraries exist. That was a name dropping. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sir, Sir Paul Smith. But uh, he reminded us all that libraries still exist, you know, and books are yeah. great tactile thing. It's analogue and it's something that you can pick up and it's, yeah. it's an archive of the history of, of personal ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Not only British, but global. So it's and, and I think there's, what you see here is a, is a is a you know there are there's a very big future for creativity. It's needed by all sorts of businesses to you know to make their difference. Yeah. And you see, on occasions, you see these things making huge differences in the world um, on a massive scale, which is great. Yes. But then it also shows that if you just do the most beautiful craft yeah. and you advance your craft of design a little bit, um, actually that can be rewarded as well. Yeah. There's room for it all. I, th- I think so. And it's, it's a, I, you know. I feel it's a really exciting time, you know. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, yeah, and I, I can't wait to see uh, your tenure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, well, thanks, guys, and yeah, congratulations, Bruce. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you press your call. <laughs> Um, as Andy Sandor said at the start of the show, we're in a state of flux in the advertising industries. I can't really speak for that world, but I know that in the creative industries, we're in need of some real radical stuff. There's a lot of talent out there, but I feel that people could be doing a lot more. Um, you know, taking more risks, making more mistakes, and pushing the envelope a little bit, standing up and speaking for something they believe in. And there was a real sense of, of triumph uh, to that end at DNAD in this festival. People were there, people wanted to learn, people were passionate, and people were talented. And when you put everyone together in a room magical things happen which is what uh, went down at 
the inaugural festival. So I implore you to go next year if the festival goes on for a second time, which it very much sounds like it will, um, according to Tim, the uh, CEO. Then get down there and I'll see you down there because it was absolutely brilliant. The energy was so good. And I feel like my you know, my connections and my career have excelled so much in those three days that you could never achieve sitting behind a desk. So go back and, and you know, look at any chances you get to, to see any of the talks that went on. Go and check out the work at the exhibition. Just find out, you know, just go on the website and just engage with DNAD and be a part of it next year because it was so special. Thanks again to the sponsors uh, for the show, Heart Internet, and of course, the ever-supporting Illustration Limited, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk. Hit us up on the Twitter, at ArrestAllTheMix. Give us your thoughts on the DNAD Festival. Uh, engage with us. Tell, you know, tell us if you like the show. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash ArrestAllTheMix, ArrestAllTheMix at gmail.com. Get in touch. Tell us if you want to come on the show. Hopefully, we're going to catch up with a few of the guests that I met there for uh, a full-length episode in the future. Like I said, all new connections, all you know, real energy to take back to the studio next week. So thanks for checking in, guys. Uh, brilliant guests coming up soon. We're going to have children's book illustrator Duncan Beattie talking about The Bear Who's Dead, his, de- his debut children's book. Uh, really valuable insight for anyone who's interested in going into that world. We've got illustration Jedi Rod Hunt coming up. Uh, we've got Crafty Fox Market um, with... Sinead Kohler, who set it up, telling us about motherhood, setting up craft markets, the makers movement in London, all going on on Arrest All Mimics. Exciting times. Thanks for your support, guys. Catch you next time. Listening to a restful mimic.